Then we met the Parshman. I'd been on half a dozen expeditions to Natanatan, but never had I seen anything like this. Parshmen, living on their own? All logic, experience, and science declared that to be an impossibility. Parshmen need the hand of civilized people to guide them. This had been proven time and again. Leave one out in the wilderness and it'll just sit there, doing nothing, until someone comes along to give it orders. Yet here was a group who could hunt, make weapons, build buildings, and indeed create their own civilization. We soon realized that this single discovery could expand, perhaps overthrow, all we understood about our gentle servants. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 35 and 36. If you haven't read that far into the book yet and you don't want to be spoiled, you can go back and read and then come find us afterwards. If you have read everything and this is exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. And we're off. And we are off the chain. All right. So I was contemplating while having my um toast and jam this morning what what uh <laughs> sort of personality that would mean if i if i tend to tend to uh orient myself or gravitate towards uh the that of the blueberry or Ooh. of uh or of black currant Ooh, i'm and always strawberry what, guy strawberry jam yeah we we're strawberry jam in this house we're strawberry that's, you're, that's forcing, you're forcing all of your family to strawberry? Yep. None of that marmalade okay. shit in my house. Only Get one man would dare give me the raspberry. <laughs> Lone Star! Lone Star! Okay, you want to get this going? Let's do it. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and I'm so excited to have him here today because he said he had a lesson to teach me, whatever that means. It's Jack! Hello, Sean. How are you? Good, my friend. How are you? Very well. Um, yes, so you we, have a we do have a big lesson. Teach me what's a, what's There's a lesson, chapter thirty-six. Okay, but let's okay. not let's not jump to the lesson <laughs> quite yet. I think we have we have a, a, a light, a flashlight, by which we uh, need to see by. I'm reading this chapter in prepare for preparation for this episode here, and I realize yeah. we probably could have like mushed this one up with the last episode because it's such a short chapter. But I think it was kind of yeah, nice to is. leave you kind of in suspense, not really sure what was going to happen to Cal. Oh, I, I have no idea. Right. And of course, you know, this is this is amazing. Like the storm approaches from the previous, from chapter 34. The storm, oh the storm approaches, this visible curtain of rain is about, and it slams into him. And that's when, the, that's when it ends. And that's when our episode ended. Mm-hmm. And now, now I see the light. I have a light by which to see chapter 35. Yeah. Um, it starts off with a, with a quote. Yes. I love this quote. Um, let's spend so some time talking quote, about this quote here. Well, and on quotes, Ooh. that's one of the great things that I learned in chapter 36 is the footnotes, the captions, 
the afterthoughts, the undertext, mm-hmm. the subtext. The the uh, the I, undertext is well, we're going to get there, learn. but it's my favorite thing in the whole series. This oh, little bit of it like is amazing, isn't it? Like awesome? I can't. I was a bit dude. I'm like that was a dude moment, and I was going to send it to you, <laughs> and I went, oh <laughs> my, again, like again. It's just like like peeling the, the, each layer of the onion, right? Like yeah. showing you more and more of the complexity to this uh, to this fantasy world. It's, it's amazing. It's, um, it, it's amazing that there is this tiny, it's a tiny little thing where, you know, when um, these scribes who are women are are writing down information, they or, are writing secret messages to each other about yeah. the things that they're writing to explain. Well, you know, when he told me the story, he was a little drunk. So his recollection might not be right. exact. Like, it's just fucking crazy. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll, yeah, yeah, let's get we'll, to that later. Yeah. So, 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 so the quote, the quote in this, so chapter thirty-five, a light by which to see, starts off with a with a quote. But what what I wrote down with, um, was of interest to me about this quote mm-hmm. was that it was mentioning Urthiru, okay, this this fabled place that right. was. We've said, gotten a, an intense volume of Urthiru mentions in the last couple of chapters here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's coming at us fast and furious. Says that it was placed westward, in in a place nearest to honor. Right. So what does that mean? So westward now I can pose... from Alethala, right? It's west of Alethala. Right. Which but is why would Alcar. that be? But why would that be referred to as nearest to honor? Well, um, honor is in capitals here. Yes. So that's important. Um. Why would that be important? I wonder. Okay, I so this is obviously something Dunny's I can't... on the, on the map uh, anywhere. Is Dunny around here? Uh, okay, I, I can't know that yet. Mm-hmm. So there's even... <laughs> okay, well, for anyone listening and wishes, wants to uh, illuminate me... Do not message kidding. him or you, <laughs> you'll be banned from listening to the show. No, we won't ban you. We, we love you. Um, <laughs> okay, so that so that was that was of particular interest to me. Right, is it was was that the postscript component. here is important too? Perhaps the oldest surviving mm-hmm. original mentioning of the city, uh, recruited from Vavabar uh, Vavabrar line eight, uh, line eighteen oh four. What I wouldn't give for a way to translate the dawn chant. Mm-hmm. So we've heard of um, dawn singers before. In the last yep. chapter, I think um, they talk about um, these mythical dawn singers. Not really sure what they are. I think Shalon yep. even says, "I have no idea what that is." And then now we get the dawn chant, and then there's also dawn shards, right? What we get a little bit later, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a three um, stage reveal here of this. There's dawn singers, dawn chant, and dawn shards now. So, ta-da! The rule of three together again. The rule of three together. It's again. It's like uh, the show Charmed, except just words. No, <laughs> no boobs. No late nineties fashion. I'm sure it was lovely, but I'm afraid I I didn't catch it. <laughs> no mid-season three switch of a different actress none of that it just it's all just words oh is that is that what happened i, in, I, don't, uh, I don't remember i i think so i think they shannon doherty got switched you, out for you you know you I watched know. I, I don't you remember what it. season it was how about that i know oh, okay. it but i don't remember what season i am happy in my ignorance excellent um kaladin kaladin screams okay this is this so kaladin is, screams yeah. clutching the sphere as if it were a lifeline the storm wall comes it is cold it is it is hitting his body mm-hmm. with debris 
Uh, he's flapping in the wind like a kite as he's trying to hang on as he is tied to this uh, ring. He on really the, is. Eh? He's uh, just flopping around. Yeah. He's, uh, um, he does let out a scream, but that scream was a mistake mm-hmm. because as he screamed, uh, it let in the cold like a spirit forcing its arm down his throat. So like... Um, I this, love yeah. that description. This, for um, me, is the first part of... Um, equating this um storm to be alive to actually mm. be alive so the scream was a mistake it let let coldness course into his mouth like a, a spirit forcing its arm down his throat like the yeah. storm wasn't just a ne- regular natural occurrence it was actually with intent it was intending to harm cal well it does get a little more anthropomorphized in a, in a, if, if, if i have that term correct mm-hmm. Um, in a minute, yeah. um, the thunder is crashing. The th- yeah, the, the the thunder crashed like a heartbeat mm-hmm. of a beast that had swallowed him. Right there is the and, second... a, and this next description yeah. I love even more. The lightning splits the darkness like white teeth in the night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I that image is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, even before he reveals the wind this face in the, the the clouds thing, he's. Hang on, we, 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 did, we didn't touch on the wind. It was so loud, it nearly drowned out the thunder, howling and mourning. Okay, mm. go ahead. Sorry, just the, these uh, these three things that you said, the um, forcing its uh, um, arm down his throat, the heartbeat of the beast mm-hmm. that swallowed him, and then there were like the lightning revealing teeth or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, he's telling us that this thing is feeling alive to Cal. And then we get this thing that happens where it's seemingly alive. Well, gra- grab the roof, Kaladin, Right is is what Syl said. So mm. Syl is there with him. And she says, "Grab the roof." Uh, a boulder hits the roof. This is interesting. A giant boulder hits. Well, I sh- I'm, I'm now I'm adding my own words. But a bol- I mean, the storm is 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 strong enough to throw boulders around. Right. Okay. So the boulder hits the roof, and Kaladin, it it hit it in silence, because the storm is so loud. The sound of the boulder hitting it. He doesn't even really hear it. He just feels the vibration on the barracks. Yeah, exactly. A terrible dream inside of his head, full of, and this is I love, I love this description. A terrible dream inside of Kaladin's head, full of black living winds. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love these living winds. That's wonderful. Yeah, so that, that, <coughs> Kaladin, me, that goes sorry. towards this storm is alive concept too, right? Like living yeah. winds. It's just, no, I, it's, it's very, very cool. Kaladin, Kaladin blinks, and all of a sudden, everything is still. Mm-hmm. The storm was quiet, and his first thought is, I'm dead. But I can still feel the wet stone roof. Right. There's no, no lightning, no wind, no rain. An enormous face appears in front of him, a face of blackness, inhuman, smiling. Mm-hmm. The, the sphere in his hand bursts to life flaring with a sapphire glow his fist is blazing with blue fire the face is so huge here in the clouds it says Mm. it's it was wide the breadth of the thunderhead so like the entire storm has the entire sky one small face in the storm the entire storm is a face yeah fucking awesome yeah, it's it's grand. It's uh, it's very uh, cinematic. Yeah, and like terrifying as well, because this thing cinematic is trying to kill maybe? Cal. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, seemingly, right? I mean, I uh, 
you know, again, um, can you be upset at the scorpion for stinging? You can't be upset at the high storm for killing someone who is out in it, right? No, you can't. No. Um, nor can you be surprised if you're stung by a snake when you invite it into your tent. Right. Um, suddenly the face was gone. There was only darkness and he's left wondering, was that a vision, a delusion? Mm -hmm. Um, this time he felt enveloped by a second, uh, blackness. Only this time it was unconsciousness. Right. We changed the point of view and rock. It's Tef's point of view, even though we start with rock. Yeah, so Rock rocks the first to the door when the high storm is subsiding. Mm-hmm. It's still raining, and this raining is, we've heard this term before, um, when it still rains after a high storm, the, the drizzle, the trails uh, left from a high storm, it's referred to as the riddens. Right. Yeah, we've heard this, um, so, this uh, term So before. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got my rain spren, spren head moment. Uh, for, for all of you sprain head, we... <laughs> we have we have rain spren that uh, that appear now in and they're sitting in puddles like blue candles. Yeah, isn't that cute? I love that. And a and few wind spren are dancing in the storm winds. So right. we get two there. We get rain spren and wind spren. Remember, we, we we've we've heard this before. Where um, post high storm is when the the world comes alive, right? Because it's like safe now. So. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the last time we heard of the riddens was when um, Cal told us that that's when normally the slavers would let them wash off would be in the riddens. Not never in the high I storm, like, right? Yeah, never in the high storm. I like I like what what Taft is sort of questioning here. He he says, "Can a man believe and not believe at the same time?" Yeah, yeah, because he's to like, which I say because he calls Rock a fool for believing, and then he's like, "But don't I believe too?" Mm-hmm. You'd better survive, son. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. They so they so so, so they find him and indeed he's dead. Like right. his body looks Yeah. Teft calls beaten. it a corpse. It's, he's like there <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a corpse. Well he's seen he has seen so many dead right. men. He knows what a dead man looks like. Yeah. And there's no doubt that after this storm, his body looked completely mangled, completely right. wrecked. Yeah, like you said, Teft has experience in this, and when he looks up, his first inclination is this guy is dead. But Kaladin opens up his eye. <laughs> like he said he would. Holy shit. Yep. I know, right? Just like he said he would. The men um, all gasp around him, and they're shocked oh, that he's yeah. alive. Oh, yeah, must have been shocking. Yeah, and they, they of course, their um, rock is insistent that they get him down. Yeah, he starts screaming in uh, Unkalaki, and he's like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> no one can understand me. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the ending here when uh, on that chapter where I'm not sure if it's Rock or Teft, but I think it might be Teft. And I think he's basically saying, you better survive, son, because I yeah. want some answers. Yeah, because he says here, he says, you know, he sees uh, Cal drop the gemstone on the ground. He's like, that's the same one I gave him, but it's done now. And he's like, that's impossible. You, you, you yeah, leave a gemstone right. out in the storm and it fills up with stormlight, right? And, and it's done. Yeah, and it's then he impossible. Says, yeah. Um, an empty sphere after a storm and a man who's still alive when he shouldn't be dead or when he should be dead. Those are two impossibilities. Not just one, but there's two. A sphere that should be um, a light, but it's not. And a man who should be dead, that's that's not. And he's like, and together they bespoke something that should even be more impossible. But he doesn't mention what. But to him now, he's like, okay, now I want answers. Like, almost like Teft might know 
Why? Here, let me read that part. Uh, uh, sorry, what? Here. Let me the, read this the, part the, the, forward. He, okay. It suggests that Tef might know the answers. Yeah, it says to those questions. Look, it says. Um, huh. Where is it? Yeah, except Tef stood up straight, holding the dun sphere, right. an empty sphere after a high storm, he, or after a storm, he thought, and a man who's still, who's still alive, alive when, when he, he should, should be. be dead. Yeah, when he should be dead, two impossibilities, and together they bespoke something that should be even more impossible. So he's saying that these two things together are hinting at something that's even more impossible than either one of them on their own. Right. And so almost like he he might know why, but that's even more impossible than these two other options. Um, yeah, maybe. That's how I read it. Together they bespoke hmm. something that should be even more impossible. Like they're hinting, the, together these well, he, two things are hinting at something that's even more impossible. Right. So. Well, indeed he wants to get some answers, but we don't get it. And as I, as, no. I, as I texted to you after I read chapter You're 35, like, I'm like, damn Shalon. it. And like, Fuck. well, I get this short little chapter, I get a flashlight and then that would be the alternate, uh, the alternate title, by the way, flashlight. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great chapter, but uh, yeah, so many questions uh, from it. What do you uh, What do you think about all this? Is this like uh, feeding into your well, theories? Well, okay. Uh, well, theories. Like, I mean, I had suspected when uh, Gaz gave um, Kaladin the the sphere. Mm-hmm. The first time, um, and when they uh, turned out to be um, to be done, I suspected then a while back that Kaladin has some kind of an ability to absorb stormlight. Mm-hmm. What I'm starting to think now, after surviving this storm and and vision of this massive, uh, enormous uh, face, or at the very least, the high, you know what what looks to be a um, a face uh, across the sky mm-hmm. in this storm. I'm starting to wonder if certain characters in this series uh, could be the missing um, uh, I, I'm not <laughs> see this is where I'm not sure if I have my facts straight. The, like, is, is, is it the heralds that disappeared or the knights the, um, radiant? The heralds were the ten people at the beginning who or the nine people at the beginning who left their blades behind right and left one of them blades. had to go spend time in the des- uh, in the whatever the in desolation uh, the bad place <laughs> they had to go to the they literally yeah. had to go with yeah. Ted dance into the bad place and um <laughs> nah, and the, i'd go with Ted dance into the bad place too right and each herald has an order dedicated to them of knight's radiance each herald has, an, has a so each herald there is an order of, ra- of okay. knights that follow okay. their like their thing or whatever like their now are, are these knights we know radiant, one of the names are, of those sorry one of the ni- uh, names of those uh, that order is stone wards which which we learned that last uh, chapter right mm-hmm. now do we know if these knights have granted unto them through the heralds any special powers or any unique abilities or understanding of we don't really know. We do okay. know that do we... Dalinar ran into two knights and they seem to 
have some powers. In his vision, he's oh yes, in the vision, that's right, that's right. They were knights radiance. So, um, whether mm-hmm. you're asking whether or not the knights get their power from the herald, that is we have no idea about. But we do know that seemingly, if Dalinar's visions are true or real, then um, then they the knights radiance would have powers. But if his visions aren't real, yeah. then he could be maybe remembering something that Yasna told him about the knights in which maybe they had powers. And so he's making that up in his own hallucinations or whatever. Yeah. So so what I'm, what I'm wondering is if, if Kaladin, and like I said, maybe other characters, are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, reincarnations, conduits, or, you know... Um, um, you know, just the whole like things are not always what they seem, right? Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm really I'm just I'm just thoroughly enjoying just reading re- reading this. And this how series. does um and how does Zeth fit in all this, right? If Zeth exactly, if yeah, you think Zeth's that a, Cal is able to do what Zeth box. can do, and you think that Cal might be one of these somethings from the past come back, what does that make Zeth, right? So, does that mean he's one too, or does that like is he different? Who knows? I don't I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. This is why this is fun. <laughs> fun for you. This is fun for me. So, so much fun for me. Chapter 36 is mm-hmm. called The Lesson. Oui, La Lesson. Um, le, le Lesson. La uh, Lesson. We have, we have a quote at the beginning, a Don Shard. Okay, so this is interesting. So it mentions a Don Shard. So what I wrote down, kind of similarly to the first quote, is what was of particular interest to me. Mm-hmm. A Don Shard can bind any creature voidish or mortal. Okay, what does that mean? Hmm, I don't know. To bind. A dawn shard can bind. What does that mean? I have no idea. Voidish or mortal. So binding, like binding, like taking within, like a dawn shard can absorb. Maybe. Uh, or it can bind them more in like, uh, excuse me, like vows just of service. Dawn Shard can bind. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Taking the Dawn Shard known to bind any creature voidish or mortal, he crawled up the steps crafted for heralds, ten strides tall apiece towards the Grand Temple above. And it says that uh, so there's no modern explanation of what these Dawn Shards are. So whoever this scholar is that's writing this piece, um, yeah. no one knows what Dawn Shards are. Well, it's commented, I think, in the undertext that Dawn Shards appear to have been ignored by many scholars mm-hmm. and only appear in early mythologies. Right. So they're like ignored because it's like, ah, those didn't really exist, did they? Or maybe <gasps> we're dismissed, uh, dismissed at having any uh, significance. Mm-hmm. So, so we find Shalon, we, so we go to Shalon. She's reading. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in a chair comfortably. Um, she's reading that it was... was She's reading the account of Gavilar. Right. When he and met she's reading, the Parshendi. Right. That mm-hmm. is not uncommon uh, to meet natives in the unclaimed hills. Um, these lands were once referred to as the Silver King or one of the Silver Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that down. And then she's kind of questioning, did, did, did the great shelled beasts live amongst these people? Yasna is taking a bath, uh, of which she likes to soak. 
I'm uh, Shalon is kind of remembering her. I'm not going to be gross this episode and comment on no, the bath. Neither. We no. already did the last episode. No need to no. No um, need. mention side boobs or curves or oh shit, I'm mentioning them. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'll just erase this. Never mind. Continue. Okay. So Shalon is remembering what her bathing experience was like mm-hmm. as a light ice, and it involved dozens of parchment carrying heated buckets of water in which she would have a quick scrub in a brass tub. But here, you've got a stone pool that's offering far uh, more luxury, and it's referred to in the text as almost looking like a small lake, mm-hmm. warmed by clever fabrials. Um and, and these fabrials are becoming quite common to Shalon now as a conclave staff member uh, sent her one to her bedchambers to help keep her warm. Right. So it's kind of like she's think, not used uh, to this. I Yasna got sort of... them to keep her bedroom warm. Maybe not. Right. Uh, Shalon didn't get them, but I think Yasna got oh, them. Oh, it was, it was to keep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. The princess gets them. Um, the, the, <laughs> the apprentice does not. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so this she's reading, reading the account of Gavilar after meeting the the, the Parshman later to mm. become known as the Parshendi. Right. Um, and what's of interest here is she's reading this text and uh, G- Gavilar is commenting that occasionally we, we met with natives, not, not Parshman. These mm. are Natan people with pale bluish skin, wide noses and wool-like hair. So I like this description because like pale blue. Reminds me of Billy Connolly, who always referred to himself as being Scottish. I'm a pale blue. <laughs> um, so that was funny. It makes uh, me think like of um, of the, uh, uh, the Axes the Collector a little bit too. Axes the Collector. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think he says mm-hmm. he's like kind of like the Natan people, but he's uh, Amian or whatever, and so he looks a little different. But, uh, mm-hmm. So in exchange for food, they would direct them to the hunting grounds, which was great. Uh, then they met the Parshman, and uh, Gavilar says that he'd been on a half dozen expeditions to Natanatan. By the way, Natanatan obviously is symmetry on the name. Yeah. Um, completely symmetrical. Completely symmetrical. Uh, mm-hmm. But never had I seen anything like this. Parshmen were living on their own. Right. They they didn't need the hand of civilized people to guide them uh, because up to that point, as was said in the text here, that if you left a Parshman out in the wilderness, he would just sit there until someone gave it orders. Right. And this, I have to say, echoed a little bit of the behavior that we see in Zeth. Right. That's true. Right? Like, yeah, that's like true. Zeth doesn't really, doesn't really do anything unless commanded. So I'm like, right. okay, let's... Except that Zeth could probably live a normal life and go get himself groceries and shower right. and do regular stuff. He just won't attack unless he's told. But a parchment is even more so that they won't do anything until they're told. That's really weird. Strange, right? The, uh, very the strange. big part here at the end is that um, Gavilar says, we soon realized that the single discovery could expand perhaps overthrow all we understood about right. our gentle servants. Right. So it could like right. put um, their whole system of indentured servitude, or I guess it's slavery. Uh, it's not even indentured servitude. It's slavery. Oh, it's, um, yeah. Well. But the the weird part is, is that slavery, but the parshmen do it without without thinking it's wrong, without not wanting to do it. Like they just do it because what else are they going to do type of thing? You know what right. I mean? Where in well, slavery, the well, people if, that you've if, enslaved if can't, really don't want to be there. If if, if you, you know? can't do anything for yourself on your own, then what they could do is tell them 
what to do that takes care of themselves right rather than That's taking true. advantage of You're them totally right. to they could say you know, here's how you should live your lives yeah go yeah, forth exactly. and live them and live them as the in this way right yeah. for sure so, they're still taking anyway. um advantage of their willingness to do whatever it's, people see, say there's something really fishy going on here with the parchment idea. I just got to blurt that out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blurt. I'm going to just blurt. Uh, Paul um, Blurt Malkop? Oh, no, wait. Sorry, different. Paul Blurt. Yeah, I, I, I just, there's something going wrong here. Like I, either the parchment that they knew or know that are, you know, that can't do anything for themselves mm-hmm. and they seem to, you know, gravitate towards servitude, um, either they are broken from their original state, like like they are in a compromised position. Mm-hmm. They were not originally like that. Okay. And that the light eyes are taking advantage. Or it's the opposite, and the natural state of the parchment are, are like that, and it's the parshendi that are a abstract That's creation, some kind of a, you know, it's either... I don't know. Perhaps there's even third and fourth options here, but those are the first two that pop into my head. There's just something is not right. Because so either they were always Parshendi and some of them were tampered or broken somehow and became the Parshman, or what you're saying is that they were always Parshman and somehow some of them evolved or changed into the Parshendi? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, okay. I, I, imagine a power that comes across a people and says, wow, like you, you, you don't need us at all. You've got your own civilization. You really don't need us. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of in a way could, could maybe draw some lines here toward Native American, um, cultures. The, yeah. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, all around the world. They, they don't, they don't really need the European, uh, culture. No. They don't really they don't. need the, the European science. They don't really need it. Um, they're doing fine without it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, these, so these light eyes, potential light eyes or, or, or power. Cause I, I, I don't know what, what source it's from. So, but if you come across a people and break them and turn them into parchment, mm-hmm. parchment, almost like part men, you know, like yeah. they're like half, half people. Um, because you've broken their spirit. It's, it's, it's like, it's like taking a wild horse and I mean, a horses don't want anybody on their backs. Makes me they think a little really bit about that, this. um, that DC animated movie, um, the, the flashpoint, um, uh, flash one where they find Superman in like a locked room underneath an, in a basement and he's never seen the, the sun and he's just like tiny scrawny little man. Um, have you ever huh. seen that? No, it's like, the, you know, the story of a flashpoint with flash, he goes back, saves his mom. And then when he comes back to the present, everything's different. There's like a war going on between the Atlanteans and the Amazonians, like, a, um, a uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think uh, I Aquaman sort of know about that. <clears throat> Batman dies hmm. or Batman's never born or no, he dies in the alley with his mom. And so, um, Thomas Wayne ends up becoming Batman, but he uses guns and he's very violent. Um, and Superman ends Sorry. up being found. Um, and he ends up being put in the basement of this laboratory and he never sees the sun. So he can never grows to be like this super buff Superman. He's just like kind of scrawny, small Superman and, uh, with like Sorry. not really much power. Sorry. What does this have to do with Yasna being in the bath? Um, 
no, you were talking I'm about parchment. Just and, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is not related to, uh, no, to no. soapy nipples at all, actually. It has nothing no, to do no, with soapy oh, nipples. Okay. Oh, Although okay. there might have been a soapy nipples um, um, scene in that movie. I, it it might have been cut. It's like... Um, <laughs> yeah, blu-ray expanded um so uh, yeah there's uh, there's there's something going on here i i, I don't know what it is yeah. uh yet I, I can't wait to find out i'm chomping at the bit That's cool but never um but never has uh gavilar seen anything uh quite quite like this these parchment can hunt and make weapons buildings create their own civilizations um and then of course at this point in, in chapter um, 36, the lesson, we find out about the undertext. This has got to right. be my highlight. Um, the, the undertext was never shared out loud. Mm-hmm. Here, a female or wife could clarify and contradict the male author or husband uh, to preserve the sanctity and secrecy of the writing and to preserve honesty itself. Yeah. This is really, really cool. I what love it so much. Great it's so great. idea. And again, it's like... It's kind of like you have an account from from a dictator. I don't mean to say it, mm-hmm. dictator as in one who is uh, doing the, dictation. the dictation. Yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. And then and then you've got a interpretation or correcting process through which the writer, the female yeah. or ardent, is then adding personal reflection, a few corrections yada yada i love that also context right it's such a great idea the scribe is giving context into the conversation that she's writing Mm -hmm. down like for um yasna's undertext here with gavilar she says you know i prettied up the language a little bit because my father asked me to to make him sound a little bit more and he telling more impressive she's telling all the other scholars that father asked me to make him sound smarter or whatever more smart because he's not well i mean it says it says here that um he uh, um, he he was not there for the anthropological import of the right. expedition, right? So in ter- in terms of like you know really taking in all this sort of parchment and native uh, culture sort of component, he's not really there for that. He's there for the hunt, right? Um, so that's what he's concerned with. He's a warrior, right? Um, so yeah, I I, I thought that was so cool the, because the this interesting- is from Yasna's. This this book that she's reading is from Yasna's own collection right. because Shalon's not allowed to bring uh, volumes from the Palanium into the bath. Right, so right? she's so. reading her own uh, private copy. Um, mm-hmm. the, the cool thing here is is that um, Gavilar um, is saying in this written account that you know we found them on that hunt, but in the postscript or in the undertext, um, Yasna's saying actually we knew about the Parshendi for a little while, and it took scholars telling him repeatedly that. This is important for him to finally, like, meet them officially and and go and like, mm-hmm. and that's when the when they met them on that hunt. That's when the catalyst was. But they hadn't known about right. them. It wasn't. They became. It's not like the Parshendi were all of a sudden a big surprise culture that appeared out of nowhere. Um, scribes and scholars had been telling him for a while that there are these people we might want to, want to check out, kind of thing, which I find really really cool because mm-hmm. it's you know this whole book it's sold to us. Even Dalinar tells um, the story of meeting the Parshendi, and he mm-hmm. tells it like he discovered them. You know, it wasn't Gavilar; it was me. I'm the one who found them the first time, and now right. Gavilar's saying he found them. But the truth is that Yasna says that scholars have known about them for a while, and no one wanted to listen, huh. right? So it's really, really neat. She's also giving credit to the other scholars who are reading like, yeah, we're worthwhile. Like, you know, we did our job kind of thing. Right. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. 
There's like it's like the onion we talked about, right? There are these layers and layers and layers of this so stuff. So many you're layers. Like, you tell me one thing, and then you know I'm into part three, and now I'm having to revisit that thing you told me that I thought was true. Now I'm seeing it with three or four different pairs of eyes, right? Oh, really? Well, because you know you you. We're told the story of how they meet the Parshendi kind of early on, maybe by Zeth. I yeah. think Zeth kind of mentions that they, they met. And then we get Dalinar's version. And then we were reading... And then we get Gavilar's account. And then you get Yasna's comments. And now Shalon's yeah. reading it, and she, we're going to get her thoughts eventually. Her I'm take. Making, yeah. Her take on what actually happened. So it's just like this this Russian nesting doll of, of stuff. Like <laughs> you open it up and there's another one inside. There's a small, uh, so uh, Shalon is kind of back to considering what she's here to do. Right. She notices uh, a small golden pouch, which which holds Yasna's soul caster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also said here that Yasna is 34 years old, and it keeps reiterating her beauty. Right. Um, consider, oh yeah, this is crazy. I, I, I got to bring this up. Shalon is thinking about stealing this right. soul caster. Yeah, she's like and then she, this could and, be the perfect moment. And then here. she thinks she thinks in her mind considering what I've done before, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I took note of that what? too. It's big question. What has she it. what has she done before? What has she done? What has she done? And then it done? says here it says here that this is not the first time Shalon has betrayed someone who trusted her. There you go. What the hell? This isn't the artist little gal that I'm it's, trying to It's not, is uh, it? construct like I'm trying, I I, I want to. I've got my Lego pieces, and I'm trying to build her my way. Right. And so far, she's awesome. No, and she's still awesome. She's but awesome. She's got this like weird. But there's dark others, other. Past. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here. Anyways, so that's really really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what did the Parshendi have that Gavilar wanted? She asks uh, um, Shalon, and mm-hmm. shards ends up being one of the answers. Um. Shalon says the text didn't mention shards. And then Yasna says, well, my father didn't speak of them. But Yasna thinks that uh, it's a possibility that that the shards motivated the, the creation of the treaty. Right. Um, so Shalon suggests, well, maybe Gavilar just wanted the gem hearts. Perhaps um, was the response from Yasna. Um, Pershendi were amused with their interest in the gemstones, uh, woven into their beards, and they were shocked to find out how they got them. Now, here's another question I have: When the Lancerin <coughs> died, when the Lancerin died off the uh, off during the scouring of the Aemia, uh, they thought that they had seen the last of the Gem Hearts. So, what are the La- the Lancerin? Are there are those other creatures that we had yeah. come must, across? Must before? be something else that grows or that lived on uh, Roshar, okay. where you could harvest gemstones. Okay, so when they died off during the scouring of the Aemia, remember um, the Aemia of... is Axis the Collector, and he said that he's Aemia are very rare in Roshar, so he's like one of you know how many of a handful hmm. of probably that exist. Hmm. It says here that the Pershendi were willing to share them as long as they could hunt for them too. So they were willing right. to share the 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 gemstones. Yeah, it says to them, um, if you took the trouble to hunt the chasm fiends, the gem hearts were you yours. You're welcome. Right. Yeah. Um, Gavilar noticed something, and, he, and this is really, this is strange. He describes in his account a strange action of a Parshendi during a chasm fiend hunt 
Mm-hmm. This Parshendi holds out his hand to his side as if to summon a shard blade. And then the Parshendi notices what he's doing and stops. Right. Um, <clears throat> so did the Parshendi feel that Gavilar would intend to take their shard blades? First of all, did they have shard blades? Second, did Gavilar notice? And if he did notice, or if he did have information to tell him that they did, if he wanted them, is that why they assassinated him preemptively? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all, it's uncertain. Those are all really good motives, right? Yeah. And it's uncertain. Yasna says, mm-hmm. um, so Shalon is looking at the pouch once again for the switch. Now, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a theory, but it actually went out the door because as I kept reading, it dis- my theory went out the door. Okay, well, tell me so anyways. As, I, like, I like what your thought okay. process is as so you're as, going through it. So as I was reading, okay, as I was reading, I was, uh, so she keeps looking at the pouch and she's like, you know, can I make the switch? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. And of course, she's going through all the doubts, the personal doubts, Yasna's character. Can she do this? I've done bad things before, but can I do this? Um, I started to wonder, Yasna being Yasna, she's lying in a pool mm-hmm. or in a bath. She's very calm. She's together all the time. She's not worried. And I thought, well, you're not worried because you're ahead. If you're ahead, then you know that Shalon is trying to deceive you. You already know hmm. that she needs this soul caster. Mm-hmm. So then I started to think that, and then I'm like, oh my God. <clears throat> and then I thought, so well, my they, thought here at this point. I can point, understand your thought hang on, process. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Sorry. hang on. My, 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 my thought here at this point was the Fabrials are already switched and Yasna's done it. <laughs> so my thought was at this point, I thought, oh my God, because Shalon has gone to such detail. Right, because we find that here too, that she she finds the right gemstones. Looks exactly, yeah. Yeah, they look identical now. So then I thought, oh my God, Yasna's already, Yasna's so brilliant that she's going to already switch them. And then when the swap occurs, Yasna will be given back her most powerful. And then I started to go back in the text in my mind. I'm like, hang on, Yasna was doing what? She was turning, like making paperweights out of her her thing. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking... Hmm, kind of insignificant powers. Like, what if she got the broken soul cast going, but it's not very powerful? It's not, you know, and so I started to, I, I tried so to she work was only it out in my head. using it in front of Shalon as a, an example, well, like this well, she is was, the actual, like well, she's well, trying well, to she, fake her well, out she, or whatever? Yeah, like, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, if, if you find out that someone is trying to steal from you, and or at least, at least do a, a bait and switch, mm-hmm then how clever would it be to be ahead and then make the switch in advance? And then when your opponent makes the switch, you, you gave it back to them. Like, so that's what I thought at that moment, but it turns out to not be true because of what, what happens. Right. So. Because she actually uses um, it and it, she's using the right, right one. So, well, hang on. So hang on. Switch. So Shalon need to learn. Shalon needs to learn more about the Fabril. Maybe capsule will give her answers. Maybe there's a book in the Palanium that will help her. Um, Yasna says, you've got the determination and capacity to become a respected scholar. Mm-hmm. Please continue your research. And I kind of thought this was a bit uh, you know, haunting or whatever. The answers that you seek, you will have them eventually. I kind of, I thought that Yasna was kind of hinting something to Shalon there. Like you're going to um, learn more and more as you, as we go here kind of thing. Well, I, I just, I always feel Yasna's ahead, right? right? So 
you'll you'll learn eventually. Is like, Yasna like the, um, just... the Stormlight Archive version of uh, that little guy from uh, Princess Bride? It's like, you think oh, it's uh, in your drink, but um, it's actually... <laughs> Vincini or... Uh, Vici- <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever Vincini? his name is. He must have outthought Vincini. Inconceivable. Um, <laughs> okay, how do you make a perfect movie? I mean, she... I mean, uh, it happens occasionally. Yeah, um, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Um, so, uh, she says, you so look So she nervous. talks herself Perhaps, out of it. She gets this praise this, this from I like, Yasna, I like right? This, I like this little bit here. She's like, so as, as she's saying, oh, you'll, 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 you'll get your answers, uh, uh, eventually. And then she's looking over at her and, and Shalon is displaying a bit of anxiety and, and nervousness. Mm-hmm. And, and Yasna's picking up on this and she's like, you you look nervous. Perhaps you need to study some philosophy. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was funny. Is that oh, if you're if you're feeling nervous out there for all you listeners, just just pick up a book and start reading. Uh, just uh, read some Comp some, or some philosophy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or just watch. Really, just watch the Good Place. I know this is the second time I've mentioned it, now, but just watch the Good Place. You'll find <laughs> all about philosophy in there. The whole show is based on it. So, isn't I love Shalon's wit here. It comes out uh, a little bit. Uh, isn't philosophy the art of saying nothing with as many words as possible? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little later on in their conversation, um, the response is is a little lackluster from from Yasna, and she says, "What what's happened to your wit?" And she says, "It's on temporary hiatus, pending review by its colleagues, sincerity right. and temerity." <laughs> um, h- how do you know what's right, Yasna, if you don't listen to the devoteries? Okay, um, and Yasna says, "Well, that depends on one's philosophy." And Shalon's like, well, can't you tell me? And Yasna says very, you know, um, pointedly, no. If I gave you the answers, I would be no better than the devoteries prescribing beliefs. Mm-hmm. I like this. So, so this, so she says, I'd be no better than the devoteries. Now, does that mean that Yasna values being better than the devoteries? Like, why she does thinks one she's, want? She is, I think, right. But why does one want to be better than a devotee? Like what what's it what's in it inside of you that wants to be better than others? I suppose it's a hunt for the truth. I suppose that. that it's that it's a component of Yasna's uh, personality. But I, I sure. But, but she's uh, just hardwired sort to of pushes be better back. than everybody, right? Yeah, she's just naturally. Shalon pushes stuff. back a little bit here, and she says the uh, the devotees they aren't evil. She says. Well, uh, Yasna fight, uh, sort of throws back, yeah, except when they try to rule the world. Right. Which we kind and of got a little referring bit of a to the backstory of that uh, in part two. The, the War of Loss mm-hmm. had destroyed the hierarchy, shattering Voronism into the devoteries. Yeah. Uh, devoteries were to teach you the morals, not to enforce them. Enforcement of these morals, so-called, was for the light eyes. Right. So that um, is interesting. Um, I like this little quote at the top here. That is, um, she says, uh, history by definition cannot be experienced directly as it is happening. Mm -hmm. It is the present and that is philosophy's realm. I like that a lot. It's really kind of true, right? You can't really, you're not, history is not, I mean, history can inform the present, but philosophy is really where you get into making right or wrong decisions which is neat i like that 
um, Yasna sort of posits to Shalon, you act as if there were one answer, a single eternally perfect response. And uh, uh, Shalon says, well, isn't that what philosophy is all about? Finding the answers, seeking truth, finding the, the real meaning of things. And then Yasna at this says, you know what? It's time for a field exercise. Right. Philosophy is a hands-on exercise. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Come. And we change the point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's Carbranth, Carbranth <clears throat> at night, and you've got two two gals uh, yeah, heading out like, onto the Carbranth streets. She used to like walk through the gardens of her home, imagining to run into these strange things and people that she had heard of before, right? Like um, mm-hmm. large-eyed traders from Shinovar and great shell riders from Cadrix and narrow boat sailors from Pure. Like she, she imagined maybe like you know running into one of them and then you know having a beautiful conversation about stuff. But she's like, mm-hmm. that's not what it's like right now. Right now in Carbranth. We're walking around at night and it's dangerous. It's not like walking around my home where I felt comfortable. You know, um, there's even a moment here where the bells ring out and she um, describes them as screams. And like we've seen Carbranth mm-hmm. during the day with her and it's beautiful. These bells ringing off everywhere. That was one of your favorite parts of that chapter. The City yeah. Bells, yeah. Yeah. Where these mm-hmm. bells ringing in these beautiful chimes and now they're at night and these bells sound like screams. She's so fucking terrified well, right now. But so, so right there, you've hit on another way to look at the truth. So the truth is when you arrive at the grand, at the grand beauty of, of, um, Carbranth as a character, the bells are a welcome, uh, you know, wonderful, uh, sound. The bells mm-hmm. haven't changed. The, the winds don't all of a sudden change the sound of the bells. It's the fact that it's at night. The right. circumstances have changed and the truth has now become, uh, plural. The, the plurality, or maybe in this case, the duality mm-hmm. of truth. Maybe the symmetry of truth. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Since we're talking about symmetry. So so I like that Yasna is described as being in a violet and gold dress. Shalon is in blue silk. And they're walking in an area referred to as the Relinsa, mm-hmm. the main thoroughfare connecting the conclave to the port. Shalon says, well, should we call for a palanquin? And Yasna replies, a palanquin might inhibit the lesson. Right. This roadway where they're going down is the most direct route to the theater district. And I like this. Uh, Shalon's like, is that where we're going? And I love Yasna's response. We're not going anywhere. No. I wonder why um, uh Yasna is uh, rejecting the the devotees. Shalon is thinking. She and she sort of asks asks that. Why why do you reject the devotees? And Yasna's response is because many of them seek to stop the questions. Mm-hmm. That they have all the answers. So I already, love right. Yeah, that they everything yeah, they know is the truth, and they're they're why yeah. bother even looking into it anymore? We figured why it all bother. Out. Why bother learning? We, there's nothing right. left to learn. It's all it's all in here. Yeah. Why don't you just become a carpenter? That's your calling. <laughs> Yasna reveals uh, her gemstones. Is it wise to show your wealth like this? So she it sort of illuminates this one area. Is it wise? No. Particularly not here, because during the last two months, this area, theater goers have been using this route 
mm-hmm. and have been murdered by been murdered by footpads. Right. And so Shalon this whole time is like, uh, why are we here? Can we get yeah. the like get the fuck out of here? Like, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah, is like uh, the city watch hasn't done anything. There's even rumors yeah. that maybe the footpads are bribing the city watch. Being bribed by the watch. So like, yeah. we're Tervangian's definitely <laughs> not a very powerful king apparently. Normally, if Yasna's like, we're going through this alleyway where people have been murdered, and Shalon's like, oh my god. Normally, Yasna would like, oh, don't worry about it. We're very safe. But she's actually doing the opposite. She's saying, actually, the city watch don't do much about it, and the footpads pay the the, the, the city watch. So we're actually even in more danger than what you originally thought we were. <laughs> it's not making her feel better at all. No, no. Yasna heads down uh, an even darker path, and uh, Shalon's like, Yasna, what are you doing? And I love her response. She says, this is philosophy in action, child. Come with right. me. There are noises coming from behind them now, and Shalon turns to find several dark forms crowding into the alley. Yeah. Yasna stops moving, and these stalkers move forward, holding swords and knives. And I love this. Now Yasna says, and now the lesson. And she <laughs> yeah. removes her glove. Takes off her glove. The light was blinding. Um, Shalon lets out a scream, and Yasna goes to work. You wanted you want to take this? Sure. Um, <laughs> this is amazing. What yeah, she, she does. Uh, here. It's she crazy. like exposes. She, it's like she quick draws her fucking soul caster. And yep. uh, the the um, the gems are glowing in this dark alleyway. Yes, yet again, a light by which by which to see. So these dark forms now are illuminated by um, this um, th- this soul caster, and the first comes up to Yasna um, with a knife or sword in hand, and she puts her hand gently on his chest, and his hand sinks into. <laughs> Her hand sinks her into head, the yeah, dude. It sinks into him. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't light him a flame. Remember last episode we talked about that little crumpled no, piece of flash he paper? Becomes... He, she turned that paper into flames and she turns this guy into flames. And his yeah. bo- like his body, his form completely turned into flames, lights up the whole yeah. alleyway. And then he winks out and he's gone in a second because there's nothing left to burn. Yeah. He's he, just He's gone. He's just fire. fire. Yeah. 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 Um, and then she turns the second one into a big chunk of human crystal, which is fucking yep. awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I know. Just touches him on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh man. Just with like a, a and, small and then the, la- the last one is, the last well, the two one's guys amazing. start running away, right? They're trying to get away. Yep. They're like, fuck yep. this. I, yep. We're gone. Yeah. We're out of here. And she, yep. you know, with 30 feet of range and a friggin' lightning bolt uh, ca- uh, spell, <laughs> she yep. throws out these two lightning bolts from the soul caster. And um, each one of the lightning bolts hit these dudes and they just go into smoke. Yeah. They, yeah. They puff into smoke. They pop. Yeah. Puffing Holy into smoke. They're, oh, yeah. No, no, no. She Kenobi's these guys. Their empty clothes drop to the ground. She she Kenobi's right, them. Right. Yeah, she this doesn't is, turn they, their clothes they, into it's just their their flesh like their their last thought is the their last thought is oh I've been Kenobi. Oh no, not Kenobi. <laughs> I just got Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> so Shalon is sickened and amazed. Um again, sickened sick I I love this duality. Sickened and amazed. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. Yeah. The truth is, can can I be a believer and an unbeliever at the same time? Right. Can I be sickened and amazed at the same time? Yes, yes. The truth is plural. The truth is multiple. The truth is dual. Yeah, philosophy. Or triple. Right. Yeah. 
Yasna left the corpse, uh, the crystal corpse, kneeling with its hand upraised, frozen mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Anyone who passes by in that area will see that footpad, yeah. that criminal. This is this is amazing. Shalon says, you just killed four men. Yeah, four men who were planning to beat, rob, kill, and rape us. Right. How many lives did I just save? I don't know, but I know how many lives you just took. Yeah. I love this dialogue. Mm-hmm. Sean, this so is good. amazing. Um, and then Shalon is like thinking internally and looking at Yasna like, what was done to you and who did it? Right. I love that. And I want to know because I know there's a story there that like there's got to be something. Well, there's, there's got to be something there. So too, too, too troubled at all of this. Shalon, um, Yasna actually calls for a palanquin at, at this point and they, they get in and they're yeah. going to take a ride back. She, um, and Shalon is way too troubled. She just suffers most of the rest of the trip in silence. And Yasna's like, um, this is your lesson. Am I a monster or am I a hero? You will yeah. spend the next week working on this problem. And, um, like he, she wants her to like write a report about it, dude. She Yo, wants I just her murdered to those four it. guys. You have to come up with why I was justified and why I was not justified. <laughs> Crazy. Well, this has always been a question that I've always, I've always wondered is that why do we not see more vigilantism? Right. Now, part of me wonders if we don't hear about vigilantism uh, because, um, uh, the pat, well, number one, because if you get caught, you're, you're, you know, it's bad. Consequences are severe. Consequences are severe. But also the authorities and powers that be would not be interested in, um, in, uh, advertising, uh, vigil, vigilantism. So what, mm-hmm. what, what, uh, what Yasna did here was, uh, act like a, a, a vigilante. I mean, we've seen things like this in um, in comic books and all of these kind of stories are things that most of us I think as as humans were, were drawn toward this idea mm-hmm. of taking the law into your own hands because you know these are bad people and now by removing them you've kept the streets safer so now right uh you know uh, you're doing now, the city um, to- uh, Thomas or whatever well Thomas Wayne can now go to the theater and not get murdered right right with his wife um so, yeah, this is a really interesting sort of philosophical debate because, you know, if you look at it from an ethical, if you study ethics, um, until the moment that those men do kill you, mm-hmm. you, you don't know. You, you, like, you're not prescient enough to know exactly that they're going to kill you. Right. So if you but kill in a way, first, she has, she I has, know. Yasna has evidence here, right? She knows these men are going to hurt her because she says, you know, if I'm, if I'm a barmaiden and I'm leaving my job and I'm going home and these guys kill me, like they've already done it. This group of people have already done it like three times in the last mm-hmm. couple of months. So mm-hmm. there is precedent that they're going to do this. I, I'm not, I'm not debating that they uh, more than likely were going to do it. They obviously mm-hmm. attacked and lunged forward. Um, right. I'm not, I'm not debating that part, but I think where, where the study of ethics gets muddy is that right up until the moment that the killing blow is struck, right. You don't, you don't know. Right. You're, so you're, you were it's, doing it's a totally preemptive, right. you're doing a preemptive kill because you, th- of what you think is right. Um, 
And so Shalon, I, I, what's what's surprising to me is how much of the devotees and sort of the the, the the sort of religious component of Shalon is still there. I think it's I think that's the whole reason why she's disgusted because she says like the ardents are forbidden from using soul casters on people. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's flip this around for a second here. If Yasna yeah. um, is a amazing uh, shard bearer like her nephew or her uncle or even her brother, okay, she's got a shard mm-hmm. blade to defend herself. She's walking in that same alley and those guys are about to come and kill her and rape her and murder her and, and steal from her. And the way she defends mm-hmm. herself is by calling forth a shard blade and she kills them all in like martial combat using the sword. She uses smoke stance and wind stance, all the stances that you like from these shard bears, and she kills them all. Is it more mm. grotesque that she used magic than if she used her sword? She has what she has at her ability, right? She says the bar maiden yeah. walking home from the, the uh, night's work can't defend herself, but I can. And what I'm using is right. this soul caster. Now, whether or not right. you believe the soul, using the soul caster in this manner is right or not, is regardless of the point that I have a weapon that I can use and I will use it to defend myself. Right. So would you think of it differently yeah. if she had used a sword instead? No. Right. I, I would not. I, I mean, me personally, no. I have no, you know, I... um. Uh, if you have the means to defend yourself, uh, you must and will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's just that simple. You must and will. Right. Um, so I think the debate here really is is that she's she's got the means to. She knows going into that alley that she can kill all four of them, and she goes there hoping it'll happen so she can kill them, um, as opposed right. to walking in the alley and having something on her that can protect her in case she needs it. She's going there on purpose to kill these men yeah. to show, yeah. to teach Shalon a lesson. I think that's the most disturbing part of what um, Yasna did mm-hmm. is uh, seeking it out. And also I might add, I mean, Yasna is limited. Sorry, uh, little miss 34 year old. Um, but you are limited. You don't know what could have been in the alley in terms of uh, causing harm to Shalon. Right. You're let's say. Totally right. Let's say. Let's say Zeth had been in that alleyway. Okay. I don't think Yasna, your lesson would have turned out the way you would have wanted. Probably not. You're totally right. So, so Yasna was, uh, in my personal opinion, cavalier about that. Because and we know that uh, Zeth has been in the possession of footpads before. So this could have been uh, Macaque or whatever his name is. <laughs> Macaque. Macaque. <laughs> I just realized that's, that, that guy's Macaque. name sounds like Macaque. Hey, uh, Macaque. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it sounded like the language from the aliens in uh, Mars Attacks. Macaque. Um, um, but yeah, the, so anyways. So yeah, um, that's it's an interesting thing. But yeah. I mean... All of this, so, you know, this is a huge, you know, debate, sort of philosophical debate, and it actually reminded me of, of so many conversations I have about uh, when you read about tragedies that happen under certain circumstances, like like women uh, going out for a jog at four in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you read about a horrible thing that happens. Now, should women go for a jog at four in the morning? Should they be able to? Yes. Should they be able to in safety? Yes. Um... However, the reality is that there are these footpads out there. Um, that's the that's the world we live in. 
Right. So I suppose if you're going to face the world with a sense of, of reality in mind, you should bring a Fabril. There you go. Now, Always have a soul cast I'm, I'm not, well, I'm not at, but see now this might, so this is where the, the debate for this kind of topic gets really interesting because now we're into, well, should you be armed? Should you have right. a gun? Let's say in our society, should you have mm-hmm. a gun to go for a jog? Well, that's a debate. I don't think I, I want necessarily to put onto this podcast. Um, but there, there lies even more questions, um, uh, to make us think about things like this. And again, it's wonderful to, to be thinking about all this in, uh, in this, in this it's, fantasy It's interesting series. because but, what you're, what you're saying here about having, having the gun or not is probably the way that the ardent see Yasna having the Soulcaster, that she should not have such a powerful item in her possession. It's, it's not like even like Yasna has a gun. She's got like a nuke. Well, Carol... You know what I mean? Well, careful there. Well, it's it's not even it's not even so much that she has a nuke. What what she has, if we were to equate it, like what what she has is like a a, a holy sword of Palor. Right. Like she, she no honestly honestly she has she has some kind of a paladin's holy artifact. Okay, and that holy artifact is not. It first of all, it wasn't intended to be in the hands of a heretic. Right. It was meant to be in particular hands, not yours, and to be used in certain ways, not this. I would argue that so, um, so it's that, only so that's intended the, to like be... If, if, she, if she had another weapon, if she had another weapon, uh, Sean, of a different kind that could have also handled this encounter with like these a four shard blade or... foot pads, well, or just any number, any other fantastical component to this world, let's say, mm-hmm. that, you know, the Ardents wouldn't have anything to say. And probably, well, Shalon would, Shalon still might be disturbed by everything, mm. um, based on the fact that she sought the danger, she's right. willing to commit these acts, but the, the one component of it is that, no, this is a holy artifact, it's to be treated with respect. There's this religious component mm-hmm. that makes it taboo, and if you remove that religious component, that would be aside from the argument. Right. The ardents would say, well, okay, you defended yourself, you were attacked, you didn't use a Fabril in this right. way. There'd be, there, there would be no religious kind of, uh, oh, you committed some... It's, some, some, it's quite uh, convenient, though, that the the people who say it's um, unholy of Yasna to use it are the people who want it. So it's very convenient that the Ardents are the ones who make the rules and also say the rules are that we're only allowed to use those. Sorry, it's a holy artifact. Um, so I just find right. that quite convenient, but... It is, I, it is this has like been one of the most enjoyable end of episodes we've ever had. We actually have like a philosophical well, hang on. We're debate. not we're not there. We we're have, not done yet. We're not but there. I'm, we we have we we're not done. We have the I've swap got fifty to talk strokes. About. I got fifty strokes of hair to go here. Strokes. Um, I got the strokes coming up here. Yeah. Oh God, the strokes. Love me too. So so yeah, Shalon is suffering the rest of the trip in silence, and they get back. It was the cold callousness of Yasna's actions that bothered her the most. They get back. Yasna is getting undressed, getting ready for bed. Um, and this is this is it. After all of that that Shalon has experienced tonight, the lesson, what the lesson has taught her is, I'm going to act now. I've just learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. I've been debating about this this whole time, Yasna. Well, now you've just fucking convinced me. Yep. And I'm going to make the switch. Yep. 
So she and she bloody well does it. She, she makes does it, the and she also has to do something impromptu, right? She had it perfectly identical, and then when Yasna uses the soulcaster, the smokestone cracks. So she's got to swap mm-hmm. it out so that this way the smokestone doesn't look cracked, or it has to right. hers that she's replacing yep. has to have this cracked smokestone. She's got to swap the stones. Yep. In order to make the actual yep. swap of the fa- of the fabrials, which is makes mm-hmm. a little you know level of difficulty. Her Trickier. DC went from fifteen yep. to twenty five. Can I get a sleight of hand check? Uh, sure. Um, oh, natural one. God oh, damn crap. it! So what happens in this scenario is she goes to do the swap and she slips on some bath water or something and. Boom, boom. <laughs> Well, what what an what an amazing end to that chapter! I forget mm-hmm. what the final conclusion was. Uh, Shalon she, um... walks from the room, stunned, in turmoil, exhausted, sickened, and confused, uh, but undiscovered. So yeah. she was not discovered she... doing pulling off her. Th- she's pulled it off. Mm-hmm. She she did it. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. What an amazing chapter! Oh yeah, it's great. Our info dump for the chapter is already being covered. I had bath time with Yasna as one of my headers for info dump. Uh, but we talked about the heating of the baths and the um, uh, the pipes and and how it's like this like tiny little uh, inlet uh, pond type uh, feature for the bathtub. I really like it. The pipes, oh Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes, the pipes. The pipes. We uh, talked about uh, the Alethi people already <laughs> meeting natives, uh, uh, native people like the Natans um, with their pale blue skin, wool like hair. Um, yeah, so everything else had been covered. So, we yeah. got it. We got we it. We cover it, dude. We cover the thing. We take, we take a huge the hell blue out of it. Now, what and we is that called? The lesson? Top, and then we tie it on the bottom. It's all covered. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> it's it's called the lesson. I can't think of a better title, really, uh, yeah. or an alternate title. Um, yeah, I I I I wouldn't uh, hazard a guess. I guess you could. Uh, no, I, I I don't I don't think I have another title. We have chapter thirty-seven coming up called Sides, and Sides, chapter yeah. thirty-eight called Envisager. So we have looking uh, forward two, to it, my friend. Can't wait meaty. till next time. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, if uh, anyone wants to uh, support the show, you can go to heroesof.com at uh, no, not to heroesof.com. What am I talking about? I did the, the little rewind here. <laughs> um, if anyone uh, um, is enjoying the show and they want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of. You can uh, find us on the Storm Pod on Facebook. Um, if you go to Heroes of One on Twitter or Heroes of Akathra on Instagram, you can reach out and we can have a chat and you can give us uh, some some heads up on some stuff. I actually got a response from our good friend Jeff who is a.k.a. the Zombie Knight on Instagram. He's a good friend of the show. Um, he sent me out a um, a couple of little photos and some uh, things that we had talked about in past episodes. It was really, really cool. I'll talk to you about it after the show. But uh, Oh, very cool. Yeah, so hey, Jeff. <laughs> we uh, we uh, love you all out there. Thanks for listening. Um, and uh, can't wait to do this again. Take care, Springheads. Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of theme song by jack forrest productions additional music by jason moray produced by jack j phil mike and sean the heroes of hakathra <laughs>